Welcome to the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm your host and psychic medium, Mads, and in this community, we talk about all things spiritual awakening, higher consciousness, and unlocking the path back to your soul. Welcome to the Collective. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week on the podcast. I am so excited for today's guest episode. He's one of my favorite artists, seriously. So I'm having a moment right now. I'm so excited. Um, today, we're talking to Cadence Floria about his dream life pursuing music and uh, a little bit getting a little bit into his mind about his creative process. Cadence, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Also, I want to thank you straight up for saying my name correctly. Most people trip over it first time, and that means the world to me that you got it. So, how, how do people pronounce it? I feel like it's obvious. I get a lot of Candace, Florida. That's a common one. Kansas, <laughs> okay. Florida is my favorite for sure. But no, it's yeah, it's, everyone See, always hesitates, and you hit it with confidence, which I'm very proud of you. Well, it's, I feel like you just need to read the letters, right? Like Kansas, Florida. Come on, <laughs> come on, people, do a little bit better. How are you for doing sure. today? I can't complain. I had a slow morning. I had some tea. Uh, my partner went off to work and I just was able to clean the studio, get going for today. Um, didn't have any immediate projects I needed to put my hands on. This is the big thing of the day. So it's been wonderful. I love that so much. So give the listeners like a little bit of an overview. How old are you? Where are you from? Where do you live? And what are you doing full time right now? Is it your music? What's going on? Yeah, so full-time for me has been kind of a little of a mix-up. Um, I Hilariously, I've been looking for some side work. I had yeah. a lot more free time than I thought I would. Um, one of the biggest things for me, uh, I was like, of course, what artist wasn't waiting tables before they were able to do music for a job? Um, yeah. And whenever I got the full-time job to work like um, with Atlantic Records for my own project, I didn't realize how much I was losing when I like didn't have people to immediately interact with all the time. Like obviously right. waiting tables, you're, it's exhausting and you're always talking to people. Yeah. That, that was a factor of like the way that I lived. I didn't really get it. Like I would go home after my 12 hour shift and then just couldn't sleep because your brain is so busy. So I just use that as an excuse to just stay up till four in the morning and just write music. And that's right. how I made my first couple EPs. Um, and so I was, gosh, about a year in now, I've been uh, living with my partner. We moved in together um, about a year ago. And oh. I told him, I was like, I am... I'm lonely. I'm lonely. You're off to work. Uh, I'm sitting at home. Like, like we're working, we're doing like, I'm busy, but I need yeah. people. And so we, we both were like, you need a job. And so <laughs> this last, this last couple uh, months has been me like searching and things. I got a really cute job as a, uh, like a, a instructor and assistant at this little, uh, like sign craft store where like you come in and like make your own stencils and things like that. Oh, I love that. Um, Oh my gosh, it's a dream come true. So I've been doing that. I even got a couple shifts at, at Trader Joe's near me. So I'm like so excited Stop. for those discounts. <laughs> um, no, no, it's it's been so crazy because, and I have all this time for music. My creative process is so strange and so like not contained. I, I think if I made okay. myself a schedule, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt the project. But I'm afraid of of losing the momentum that I have because like sometimes I'll sit down and like, hey, I have these three hours and nothing comes of it. And I'm like disappointed with like what I didn't do in that time. And yeah. so allowing that to be like the super malleable, like around someone else's schedule um, has been just kind of a dream come true for me because then I, I get to get home and all I'm thinking about when I'm somewhere else is wanting to go home and make music rather than yes. being home and then not making anything. You know what I mean? That makes so much sense. And I feel like when you're immersed in like the outside world, you actually get a little bit of or a lot of inspiration based on people you meet, interactions you have, things that you see or hear. Does that ever happen mm -hmm. for you? 
Yeah, no, it's huge. I'm a massive people watcher, like in moderation, of course, <laughs> I'm not going to stare at you, but like, I, I love, I love reading people. Um, this right. is, this might be a little, a little funny, but uh, my partner just got me into Sherlock, like the, the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. And I was like, oh okay. my God, like that's like, I love reading people <laughs> like that. Like that's like, my brain is just going crazy. And th th those are like, those little micro moments that I have with these strangers are like what I love writing about too. Like I'll use their little personality that I think that they have right. um, as the character in a piece of music that I'll write. Um, a lot of these, most of them are personal stories, but I, I, I will create this person that I'm talking to. And it's from yeah. those micro interactions that I have with people, like you said. Yeah. Do you have an example of a song that you've written that has been from something like that, that maybe we've heard already? Yeah. So so my song Amariah is a little funny. Um, it was written specifically to people um, of my past, but also okay. it was written to be like a love letter to someone um, or no more like a breakup note, but to right. my past self. So I was like breaking up with them as like a past tense thing. And wow. I, I, I got that idea from someone that I was like sitting across the table at a sushi restaurant and they were calling, <laughs> like they're talking to their friend on the phone. Um, and they're like me and my my partner were just like listening in and I just remember this conversation <laughs> specifically because they were like I I I feel like I want to break up with her. this is what he says on the phone I feel like I want to break up with her um but we're not are we even together like am I breaking up with someone that I don't even know um oh. and I was like that's a cool concept and it kind of looped in my head and I didn't it kind of wiggled its way into the uh the past tense pretense um conversation that I had with myself so it's a breakup with myself but no one really knows that I'm yelling at myself the entire song <laughs> I actually yeah. kind of love that. I think I'm going to be listening to that song so differently now. Like I'm going to be paying a little bit more attention to that. That's really interesting. I think because you yeah, said that that's, yeah. you said that on Instagram, I think that's one of your favorite songs from the EP. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I think that's like a deep thing, especially like when you're just referring or like reflecting back on who you've been and you're kind of looking at your own evolution and kind of being like, yeah, like I can leave that part of me back there. Like I don't need to really sit with that version of myself anymore. I think that's super emotional <laughs> yeah for sure no in in that realm of, of thought it, it people got the line a lot I got a lot of dms saying like the line how are you to love me because I don't like that was the line that was like kind of set as like a, a like a, the, the constant of that one verse yeah. um and the, everyone's like oh that's so like tough cadence doesn't love himself like how does he gonna get better but like the funny thing about that line is that like I'm so confident in who I am as a person right now more than I've ever been in my entire life and because I'm talking to myself as a breakup letter I don't love that version of myself. That's who I'm talking about. It's like, how are you to love me? Cause I don't. And me is Ooh. the past, but also me is the present. And so it's like, I need to, it, it was, it was a rustle uh, with just like, do I need to love this person? Sure. And, and like, man, cause are they going to help me? Are they currently helping me? But I know ultimately these are decisions. These are choices. These are experiences that are so seriously important in who you are today so that was yeah. that little brain thing where I know I was wrong but I still don't love them the way I should you know what I mean a hundred percent so I mean yeah I think you can look back and recognize that you had to make those decisions and be that person to get where you are now but also it's like hmm would I do that differently? Do I love that I did that? <laughs> For sure. It's, it's, it comes in the little things like, why did I wear that? Like, you know? <laughs> the, the clothes, Cadence goes for the clothes, the style, the aesthetic. Okay. Fair every time, enough. every time. Fair enough. <laughs> so who has like inspired you to really pursue your music? Like what, what was that marking point for you where you're like, okay, like I'm going public with my music. This is not just something I do for fun. Mm, I... Ooh, me going public with music is a, is a little bit of a story. I think the 
initial inspiration, um, John Bellion as an artist, he released like loads and loads and loads of just like the productions of, even when he didn't have a lot of a following. Okay. Um, I've probably watched those videos more times than I've listened to my own songs. It's like wow. just if if I've seen the guillotine, like one of his songs, he wrote. Like, I love it. Guillotine. He yeah. he posted the the mix of that, like how it was created, and like I I watched that almost daily. If I have an idea, it doesn't, none of the ideas that I get come from that video, but mm -hmm. his process sparks so much of me to continue the process. And like, I, I was making songs and things in GarageBand, like who wasn't when they were like 13. Um, but I didn't realize until like he released his album, The Definition, that he was doing it in Logic and I had a license to Logic. So I was like, why don't I make music? Like yeah. <laughs> I literally have all the tools that he already has. And that was definitely the, uh, the instigator for sure. I love that. How old were you when you started doing that? Ooh, making songs consistently um, was, gosh, probably 14. Oh my God. That's, you're so, you were so young. You were so a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I look exactly the same. I promise you. <laughs> How old are you now? I, I'm just about 23 in like a week. Oh my gosh. Okay. So still like in your early twenties, I'm 25. So like, you've got so much time to like continue your, <laughs> your path here with this. Um, yeah. does your, you've been with your partner for a while. Does she ever inspire some of your music? Oh yeah. What the, what the hardest thing for her is that all of the songs that I write for her are ones that I don't want to show people because they're so personal. Oh my God. Like that's like, um, E specifically was a fun challenge for me. That one ultimately is about her. Okay. Um, I mean, I say her name on the record, so I feel like I have to own that. I was wondering. Yeah. I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I wonder if that's who that is. The hardest part, that one has such an interesting story. Uh, E was written before I knew her um, about someone that wasn't her. Um, wow. It was like, it was a summer fling type situation, um, but they vanished. They disappeared on me kind of. Um, I know now that I kind of like butted heads with a nomad um, Ooh, and okay. you know, it, there's nothing that they did wrong. It was just like, you, you fall for people and you have to deal with it. Yeah. And so I built like this whole world based on this person that I didn't even know. Um, and then when I met my now my now permanent partner, um, her name also starts with the same exact letter. And so it was really, really tough because that was also her nickname growing up was what I was calling this person that she didn't even know. And so that was oh, a really, that's... really cool challenge for me to write this love letter to someone that doesn't exist. In this case, this, this daughter that I kind of imagined with this person that left me. Right. Um, and, and somehow bring that back to know that I still have hope for this person to exist, this dream of mine to have a daughter, to have a kid, to have a son. Um, but it doesn't have to be tied to people. Like people can inspire dreams and people can spark ideas and concepts, but like that person isn't that idea. That idea exists because of them and you can thank them for that, but it, yeah. you don't have to tie it to them. You know what I mean? I do. It's like having a muse. It's I I have that with my writing. Yeah. Someone who's kind of like your muse and you're like, hmm, I'm going to make up a whole bunch of stuff here or feel through a bunch of stuff because I think a lot of the creative process for a lot of people, at least for myself is, you spark a feeling in me and then there's so much passion that comes from that. I could write about 55 different angles of that one emotion and experience oh, yeah. with someone. Right. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you believe in like manifestation, but do you feel like maybe writing E for that other person that like summer fling kind of like called in your permanent partner? Cause it's kind of oh, weird yeah. how synchronistic that is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, as far as the manifestation goes, I definitely think I find so much faith in thinking that something else is designing this. Like that, right. that helps me. I don't know what that is. I, I, I don't know what God is to people, what God sure. isn't. 
Um, yeah. But I think God is a babe and God is definitely nurturing <laughs> and looking out for me. It, it's hundred percent. Gosh, it, manifestation is such a funny concept to me because I don't want to be responsible for what happens to me. Like I, I love to speak things into existence, but it's terrifying wow. to think that I decided that I love, I love being okay. a follower. I know I'm a leader <laughs> in some senses, but I love, I just love following the flow. Um, and so yeah. I haven't thought about, I haven't thought about specifically E being a manifestation, but it's definitely, it definitely would make sense. Yeah. I mean, take it how it feels right for you. I just think, you know, given some of the things that I do, uh, it just feels like you called that in like so beautifully. So <laughs> subconsciously even that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really hope so though, because it was a fun tussle with her because it was hard for her to imagine like this very, very intricate love song that I wrote for this, this little girl. Um, mm-hmm. but it was hard for her to picture like this, this isn't about me though. Like this is like it, almost like your partner is writing a song about an ex situation. Sure. Um, and that that was a really interesting like point of contingency for both of us because like how do I write this song that isn't about her but is ultimately? Yeah. But she but she obviously she's like write it write it it's beautiful but I'm just gonna sob the whole time and so it was it was such a r- crazy emotional journey to get that song finished but yeah. I believe it. Well, shout out to your partner for just being so supportive of the process and also like just. Oh, loving it and loving you through it. I think that's so beautiful mm-hmm. because that takes a lot of like respect and also mm-hmm. just like to let your partner write about exes or whatever might be bothering them. Like that's like, I don't know, it takes a lot of emotional strength and respect. So I honor her for mm-hmm. that. That's sweet. I will say in, in light of writing songs about exes, if I do write a song that's named someone more than likely not, I'm singing to who I was with that person, not, as oh. like they are the timestamp of different versions of myself. I kind of love that though. That is such an interesting reflection. That's like, it's like journal entries, but in music form. <laughs> no, it really is. It is my right? diary. It's very public. It's very public, but it feels very personal. Yeah. So whenever you write something, because I mean, a lot of your music sounds very personal, and very soulful. Do you ever make sure to leave like a certain gap from when it's written and you're processing it and working through it to when it goes public? Yeah, there's... There's like, I have this really bad habit of writing a record to about 80% um, and then letting it sit until I f- figure out that last idea to make it make sense for me. Right. Um, there's more than not, it'll come with one, like the, the the beginning, the spark of a song will be a quip or a cool little arc or a melody. Um, okay. And then I'll write the song almost entirely backwards because I'm like, okay, this is this is my thought. I finally figured out how to verbalize this thought. How do I make enough words make sense to get to this thought? Um, and so that's wow. that's the uh, the inverse challenge. Um, and that's like 80% of it is like, okay, cool. I have all the music. I have everything. And there's like a trillion pieces on my screen. And I'm, I'm like sw- swapping and flipping and grabbing samples and things like that. But like I have them all there. It's very rarely that I'll add something else to the song after it's okay. all on the table. Um, and yeah, it's the, the, the process is the 80% will probably sit for like a month. Um, sometimes it's sit for like six months. That's just like, if I didn't really feel like I knew the whole story yet. Um, but, but then the flip around usually is once the song is done, then it'll be out in like two to three months. Like there's, there's times that I barely made the window. Like I set the the release date before I even had the song done. So I would finish the song. (laughs) So, which is not a good idea. (laughs) So do you work better under pressure like that? Like last minute or. I, I work better, but I don't feel better. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's a lot of stress, especially when the creative process 
can be like I feel like you need like creative sparks then to force creativity in like a window because you need to get it done <laughs> and mm -hmm. put on like music platforms I feel like that would just be way too stressful I, I don't yeah. know how you do it <laughs> yeah that's well, wild the thing <laughs> the thing about it is that I'm going to make music regardless um right. the biggest crime that I made when making music initially was not posting it sooner. That's the only thing I'd tell myself differently is you should have posted it sooner only because okay. I felt like I would have been farther along the journey than I am already. Not to like discredit what I've already done and what I, what I'm making now. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the one thing is that the only person ultimately in the beginning, the only person that didn't like my music was me. Um, and that's why I wasn't anywhere. Um, I, I really think it's, 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 it's not stupid of you, but it's, it's very, very self-centered to think that everyone hates it like even if someone does sure. there's no there's no way like it's like just post it just post it there's no way that everyone is lying to you there's no way even no, if someone I'm... is lying to you everyone is not yeah I had, like I, absolutely I think there's got to be of the eight billion ears that are going to hear your music on this planet or have access to potentially hear your music there's got to be at least someone who really loves it and is so honest about it you know so mm -hmm. publish publishing it for at least them Correct me if I'm wrong, though. You wrote about not liking your own music in Noticed. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was that. That was the story. That was that was what I was trying to say. The, the joke about it was that the first EP that I was releasing, um, the whole song was Noticed. Like, I can hardly focus. When will I be noticed? Like, I'm hardly putting my heart into the work that I'm doing right now. But when will it pay off? Um, and that's that's the irony of the whole record because that was the first song of the first EP I made, which was literally like by design not going to get traction until later in my life and right. so that was like the message that I was like the impatient starving artist um mm -hmm. but more more in the lines of like I'm already ready to succeed but I'm not willing to take that step um and that was that was the uh the instigator of my whole career was was saying that very grim note <laughs> fair yeah so what changed then like what made what pushed you into the step of just going fully in and fully pouring your heart into what you're made to do Oh man, that that first EP sat for about a year. I made I made music in between, but that first EP, oh man, I was in such a strange place in my life when I wrote it, and I was trying to be very literal with every thought that I was thinking. Okay. Um, when I when I first when I started writing when uh, Proem is the one we're talking about, yeah, um, I had just moved to the Pacific Northwest from from Central Texas. Um, okay. lived in Central Texas my whole life. Um, needed to get out, needed to basically run away, leave everything behind and start fresh. Um, when packing my bags, um, you get a call that all your friends aren't coming home from spring break because the world had shut down. So right. there's people that I still haven't seen three years later. Um, so I just left, got everything. I left and um, just lived in my sister's basement and wrote an album while waiting tables at a golf course. And it was, it was the weirdest loneliness loneliest happiest time of my life because I could just completely be something else um and so each of those those songs were written from a place of like I don't know maybe anxieties or emotions that I hadn't really pro processed correctly okay. um and that was that was my my process was to make that and then I just let it sit once it was done I released it and just let it sit um and and I guess here we are, here we are, like what that got the attention of somebody and yeah. I got, I got the job I wanted. So, yeah. That's really beautiful. So is your family really supportive of the path you've taken? Cause I mean, it's not really conventional for most people to pursue music as a career, right? So where do they stand with your, your art? 
Oh man, I if I didn't do music, my parents would kill me. It's <gasps> okay, but I love is, this. It is so funny. So I I I'm a great student, um, but I'm terrible at learning. Okay. I know those those are those are conflicting things, but I, school just didn't make sense for me. But I loved my teachers. I was a teacher's pet, okay. but I was a horrible <laughs> student, and okay. so I didn't I didn't go to college. I I scratched by towards the end of high school. I was just not into anything that I was doing. Um, but I was at the time I was a jack of all trades. Like I was super into uh, coding. I was super into electronics. I was super into music. Um, and I, I knew that I was good at all these things, but I didn't have the motivation to build unless I was at home building myself in my own little environment. Okay. And that's where music just thrived for me. Um, I, I was a, a worship leader uh, for a church in central Texas for years. Um, okay. was classically trained on piano since I was like four years old. Okay. I mean, my name is Cadence. All of my siblings have Literally. names. <laughs> like, yeah, my, my elder sister's name is Lyric. Uh, my eldest is Dempsey. My little brother's name is Cannon. Like, we're all we're all musical. Like, we had to. We had to do yeah, music. Absolutely. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. And it was it was such a funny thing. Like after high school, my parents were like, I don't care what you do, I just want you to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the uh that was where the uh, the music really, really sparked. Like I again making music since you're like 14, but then around 18, 19, I got fired from my job as um at working at the uh the place I the church I was working for. Um it, okay. it was it was a it was a proper leave. It was obviously the firing was more like it's my time to go. I, I need to get out of sure. here. Um and so it was like losing that job. Then at the time I lost my partner. Um I had a lot of frustrations. I had a lot of clash with faith, with spirituality, what I even knew and believed. Even politically I was I was being challenged. And so music yeah. was the uh, was the best way to get all of my emotions out. Um yeah. because I didn't want to be mad at anyone. I wanted to use this as a uh, an outlet to express emotions, but not at the expense of someone else. So I think that's a really healthy way to do it. It has a really beautiful result at the end of it. And it's cheaper than therapy. So I mean, it's very cheap. <laughs> you know, it, it works out in the end. Do you feel like your experience kind of growing up in the worship um, setting and, and leading worship influenced your your music in any way like the way that you create or the process you go about in any way yeah so i actually watched a lot of courses um that were made by christian organizations um but it was literally okay. called the manipulation of musical movements um where oh. you would literally learn how to use audio cues and sounds and swells and things so as to manipulate a crowd so as to Whoa. um terminology wise it's a little scary um but ultimately yeah. <laughs> it was meant to trigger emotional moments um and I, like I, i'll struggle now in my life if those were realistically spiritual led moments um but for some people it could have been so i'm not gonna take that away right. um, but that was what i i knew i knew i was like hey if i do this progression at this time if i swell up when someone's speaking i swell down when someone's speaking like those moments empower whatever thing that people are listening to um and so that was the the psychology of it was learning how to make those moments make those drops make those those swells make those uh those hums and things to basically manipulate um the uh the congregation uh to a feel a certain way that you wanted them to feel and that obviously has translated to my storytelling because like a, a contemporary christian music is is what i was raised on so yeah that's actually genius though i never I mean, I'm not musically like inclined so that I never would have considered that 
you could add like a progression. That is so interesting to me. You can literally like work with someone's subconscious to make them feel things to your music. That is, Mm -hmm. that's really, that's kind of wild, especially with like instruments and everything. I love that you're utilizing that though. Use it to your advantage. (laughs) No, it's so fun. A lot of times, a lot of the keys that I'll make music in um, is specifically made to resonate in like the standard average room better. Um, There's a lot of math that goes into it that I don't understand myself, but I'll, I'll stick with keys that stick in rooms. And so like okay. specifically for me, for my soundproofing in this room, I, I've basically not done all the padding and things. I just did like these rugs. Yeah. Welcome to the studio, by the way. Um, <laughs> Thanks. And yeah, the, the, these rugs, they echo in some way because like there's a hard wall behind them, Um, right. but they keep sound in specific ways. So I'll, I'll edit my songs with swells and different frequencies. Um, So the average listener can like almost feel like the music is echoing through a room, even if it's not a big room. But it um, does feel without... that way. Yeah, yeah. It really does. <laughs> like you're you you got it. Like it checks out. It actually does when I'm listening to it. It's mm-hmm. exactly how it sounds. Mm-hmm. Dude, you have a genius mind. This is like <laughs> thank you. So interesting to me. Um my goal is my goal is to is to make something feel big, but also feel simple for someone that doesn't need too much. I feel like you, I think you check that off. You flick a switch, at least for me. I am definitely an audiophile. Like I just, music and sounds, they 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 flick switches in my brain. And yeah. your music flicks a switch in my brain that just had previously gone unnoticed that I didn't even know was there. And so I think you very much accomplished that. It like feels big, but very, I, I mean, simple in the best way, but like big, but mm-hmm. simple. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. That's that's what I'm going for. So I, I that's that's what I want to hear. <laughs> well, let me gas you up then. You're right on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. So talk to me a little bit about your most recent EP and so what was the first inspiration that got you to start writing that? Ooh, okay. So I decided to for this one specifically, I wanted to use as many samples as possible. Um I, I I'm religious about only using my own material, but I okay. wanted I wanted samples from other people, other artists, even TikTok sounds um, to to be the instigator um, so as to create a sound that I wasn't capable of creating myself. Um, that was really fun for me. Like, I think my, my the first song that I made for the for the EP was Huckleberry Lemonade. Um, okay. And that uh, that little piano riff thing was like like that was very someone had posted that. I forgot what the person's name was of them just kind of messing on on the keys on on TikTok and the audio blew up and it was just a really cool mood. And so I was able to figure out what chords that they were playing. Um, I changed the key to like what I wanted. And so like I DM'd her, I was like, Hey, I want to use this. Um, I love the the atmosphere that you created. And she's like, yeah, it's, it's a video on TikTok. It's public domain. So I sampled that and I used that to like instigate this movement. Um, and then realized pretty quickly that like, if I put major chords on top of really moody kind of like not minor, but in almost like foreboding, like unresolved progressions, um, I can tell really cool stories that I can give my answer, but still allow people to make their own assumptions. Um, and so mm-hmm. Huckabee Lemonade was the uh, the storytelling of my point A to point B for how Prome was created, um, how I got there, what I'm feeling in that moment, um, and then what's next for me. Um, and that was that was the story instigation of of what Anso became. So. I love that. That's really, I love how you can just take something. And this is why I love TikTok. TikTok is how I found your music. Um, And I I love how you can just take something and get inspiration and then kind of include it in what you're creating. It's just, 
I don't know. It's fascinating to me how your mind is working when you just hear like a little bit of piano and a full, like a full concept comes to you. And it's now on an EP explaining a story of your life on your whole journey <laughs> through music. Like that's just, that's nuts, dude. Yeah. How did you, how did you feel whenever your music started gaining traction? Like when you started seeing those thousands of listeners every month listening to you and what you're creating like what was that feeling inside like of oh shit people are actually listening to me they like my stuff <laughs> in full honesty all i wanted to do was meet people mm. I, I i wanted to know like why are you here <laughs> like like okay. it was it was almost like a dismissive thing like i it, it was like in the scheme of things 20,000 monthly listeners um is not a lot of people but like i'm imagining them in one place and like, that yeah. is more than enough people to give me the, the attention that I want. Right. And right. I say want, cause like, I, I don't know what I need. Um, sure. and like sitting there and like knowing that like these people are here consistently, um, that's, that's more than enough for me to know that this is working for some people. Um, like yeah. it was, it was the DMS that I get from, from so-and-so nobody in, in Maine, like top corner of, of the States, as far away as you can get. Right. Um, just saying like, Hey, I listened to your song, uh, Amariah, like my sister's name is Emariah. She went through something like this that connected oh. that made them meet in the world to me. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, this song was for you. Like that's that's who I wrote the <laughs> song for. I don't even know you, but the song, the song is yours. And you can have it. Um and those one-on-one moments, like those mean so much more than any number that has been given to me. I think like I, I've I've hit my first million for uh for a record for Illy Illy. And that's 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 amazing. That means the world to me. Um, but, but those people that keep looping it and love it and love the melodies and then cry in their car to it, like, thank you for supporting my work. But I'm like, like you said, I'm, I'm writing music for those people that like listen one more time because they missed something instead of listening because they liked it. Um, and those are the people that reach out. And those are the ones, those are the, uh, the hundred of people, um, out of the, uh, the, the tens of thousands, um, that make me realize that the tens of thousands is way bigger than I realize um, because they, they, they ground it. They say like, Hey, this is personal to me. This means something to me. And it puts a face to a number. Um, that's, I think that when those moments happen is when I'm like, Oh, this is huge. Like, this is so big. Like this is way bigger yeah. than just me in my, in my, my bedroom. So. Yeah. It, I like that you said it puts a face to your listeners because it makes it more personal and more impactful. I think that way, like you're mm-hmm. genuinely having impact on people's emotional process and helping them navigate some probably really tough moments in their life. Cause some of the songs hit like a really illy illy hit a really soft spot in me. It like helped me through a lot. So I feel like when you get to connect with your listeners in that way, um, do you find that it, it moves you to continue creating and it inspires you in a completely different way? Or is it more like a personal validation that you're doing what you're meant to? I think it's a little bit of both. I think the personal validation comes for when someone thinks that or gets the confidence enough to reach out to me. Yeah. Um, people thinking that I'm just this hard to reach music creator is so funny to me um, because <laughs> I, I, even, even let, let's say in the future, like if, if I make it, if I get a bajillion views, mm-hmm. bajillion plays and like, it's, it's a consistent job for me. Like those, those one-on-one conversations is the, is still the most important thing to me. I still want to meet you. Um, and so I think the fact that people already kind of are standoffish about, but then they were like, you know what, like this song, like which you're right, it does hit on a very serious note. Um, it, it doesn't isolate anybody, but it definitely makes a problem a little more prevalent in people's lives, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever they realize, hey, this actually is the problem. This is the answer. This is whatever, whatever they translate from the song. Yeah. Um, and they translate that to confidence enough to then tell me that they, they felt this way about my song. Like that's, 
oh man, that's, <laughs> that's, that's it for me. That's, that's like, that's the validation, but that's also confirmation that I need to keep doing this um, because it is hitting someone. It is working. Um, Very much I've so. Had, I, oh man, I appreciate that. Cause I yeah. I've had, I've had a couple DMS. I've had many, many conversations of just people that are like, Hey, this song meant this to me. This song meant this to me. This one meant this to me. Do you know me? Like, what is like, who are you writing about? Cause this is me. Um, I'm like, I don't know you, but the music does. And feels like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Feel, yeah it feels sure. like it. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I do want to know you. Like I, I want to, um, there's just, there's a thousand messages. There's a thousand people that I genuinely care about. Um, and, and I want to make time for you. So don't be afraid mm -hmm. to ask me questions. Cause literally music is my favorite thing of all time. I will talk to you about music. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that. So for anyone listening who's a fan of Cadence's, go send him a message. Talk to him about the song <laughs> that has hit your soul the most, the one that made you cry on your bathroom floor or feel a sense of hope. Let him know because he, need, he needs to hear it. We got to hype him up, guys. Um, if you, if at all, if any listeners at all think that I've given them hope, please tell me because I don't want you to feel sad all the time with my music. <laughs> no, I absolutely. I feel like I feel like where it concludes, I mean, E is such a hopeful, for me at least, the way that I received E when I heard it, it was so hopeful, like thinking of having future children and like seeing their mind spark up and just everything. That's such a beautiful record, I find. Thank you I think so it's much. hopeful. <laughs> um, <laughs> what has been the most challenging thing for you in either in terms of like your own mindset and your, you know, self-perception or just in the industry in general for you to pursue your music so passionately? Ooh, most challenging thing, all I want to do is bring in people to my records, but I don't know how to translate what I want. Um, mm. And that's that's a scary thing for me. I I really, really, really enjoy making music. Like I'll make music for anyone ever. Like I've produced a lot of songs for a lot of people. Okay. Um, but but it's different because someone's like, hey, here's my ideas. Do something with it. I'm like, I got you. Like I, I will be your 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 dropper and I'll, I will funnel through everything that uh, that we need to do. And that's that's awesome for me. But but saying like, hey, this is one of my songs. And like, you have an amazing idea, but you want your amazing idea to exist alongside my amazing idea. Yeah. Um, gosh, that's so terrifying to me because I don't, really? I never want to step on someone's creativity, but also I'm such a hyper, I don't know, commit type. I, I, I box things up so, so tightly um, okay. and letting people into that box when it comes to creativity is, is very, very hard for me. And so that's, it's scary. Okay. I want to make sure that everything exists. Everything has its chance to speak. Um, and I don't want anyone, anyone to feel trampled on, on ideas. And so it's, that's been the biggest challenge for me. Okay. Is there anyone that you want to collaborate with that you just haven't like reached out to yet or considered inquiring with? Oh, that's a great question. I, oh man, hilariously enough, the amount of people that I've wanted to collaborate with have gotten back to me. And um, like, we've, we love we've, that. we've had some ideas. We've, we've, we've bounced things back and forth. Um, but uh, it, it was really just like a really good exercise. It wasn't like a record building uh, experience. Um, and which again, I think are completely valuable. I oh, gosh, it, it, if there's one person that comes to mind to collaborate with, it's probably Jeremy Zucker, only because his little his little yes. universe that he has created is is just it's hopeful, but it's it, it has meaning if you let it have meaning. Because like he'll yeah. say something 
that um like hey this is the statement like this is how it exists in my life um and you can pick apart each individual section as its own standalone line um which is something that i'm really 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 fond of that i haven't been able to uh, to do myself so I, I think allowing allowing myself or him allowing me into his universe would be a a dream e even just to pick his brain like writing music is besides the point i think these people have made themselves known made themselves um valuable whether they yeah. realize it or not um, I think he's a valuable, valuable resource outs inside and outside of music. Yeah, a great mentor and inspiration for sure. Have you ever mm -hmm. like, have you ever reached out to him? I feel like you should reach out to him. Just like put some, I, I put some spark into it. I don't know. I feel like you should yeah. do it. Why not? What do you have to lose, right? You got, you got me there. You got me there. I, I have people that might put me in front of him, but it's, it's, uh, you know what? I, I don't know if I'm ready. That's a good question. Are you ever ready though? Like when you think about no. it, like you're never ready. It's never the right time, right? You're always going to find some reason to be uncomfortable or I need to get better at this, but allow yourself to be uncomfortable and expand with it. I think you, you got me there. It's it, it all comes down to fear, you know? Absolutely. And I'm also saying mm -hmm. this very selfishly because I would love to have a song from Cadence Floria and Jeremy Zucker. <laughs> like, just selfishly would love that collaboration. Let me put it on For sure. in my AirPods. Um, that'd be, <laughs> that would be just such a unique combination, I feel. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like mentally manifest it and maybe it'll just find its way to you Super. in your Super. reality. Back. Looping <laughs> that back to manifestation. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so if there's someone that's listening that wants to pursue music or any other form of creative expression or art, what would your biggest piece of advice be for them? Don't be afraid to write something down. I think a lot of times mm -hmm. I'll try to make mental notes and like say like, oh, this is important for me to categorize or have a note of or voice memos and things. I, th I think if you're allergic to writing things down, that means that you should try to write things down more. Mm -hmm. I, I, I am not someone that loves reading, writing. I, it's just not who I am. So voice mm -hmm. memos, voice memos save my life. Um, yeah. I think having ideas in like, if you have an idea in a moment, are you driving in your car, pull over and just sing it into your phone. Like those, those have created records for me is those tiny voice memos that I won't even come back to until like two years later. I think Damn. saving, like it's like little save points, just always knowing, um, like, like uh, imagine like you're on the way home and you're like, oh, that's a cool idea. And you get home and then it's gone. You're like, oh no, what was the idea? Um, no one is going to flag you or think you're strange for pulling over into a Walmart parking lot to sing into your phone. No one, no <laughs> one in the world thinks that creativity is strange until you make something great. And they're like, oh, this is crazy because it exists now and it's strange because it exists. And that that's on the other side of it. So I think I think having those little checkpoints, um, there's also a, a level of anxiety that kind of gets relieved whenever you think like, oh, I had this idea. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Um, just let it exist and save it because um, then you don't have that stress of forgetting it because you know that it is saved. That is key. That has happened to me a few times. I don't know if you've ever been asleep and just had like a song come to you or a concept come to you, but that I don't even write music. I don't play <laughs> instruments. That has happened to me. I have voice memos on my phone from like two, three o'clock in the morning on a random night where a melody and like a couple lyrics will come to me and I have to put it in my phone because I've done it before where I've received it. And then I'm like, oh, I'll remember that when I wake up in the morning, it's gone. Mm. And now I can't do anything with it. So yep. yeah, write it down, put it in a voice memo. And I think you can just rework it after if there's something you don't like about it. You can always just absolutely edit through. Does that ever happen to you? Like you're just asleep and then you wake up and you're like idea. <laughs> yeah, actually. So the trumpet solo in Huckleberry Lemonade was a, a waking nightmare dream. Um, Mm. like sitting up sweating running to the studio 
um, oh. to get the trumpet solo down. Um, I think oh man, there's been a couple lines that have existed. Uh, the the just like her mama one was 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 a waking up one. Um, that that was more just like I didn't have a melody. I just it, it the dream was a poem. It was like just like her mama, there'll be no flaw on her, and that was that was all I remember. And so I woke up and was like, "Who's this too?" And just like wrote it down. And waking up and seeing the jumbled, like <laughs> typoed mess that I was like, yeah. "I think I know what I was saying." Um, those those are the two most significant ones. Which which is funny because they're both on the same EP. Um, I think whenever I was able to keep music consistent is when it happened a little more often because I was yeah. I'd go to bed after being on my computer for 12 hours um, right. and so there's no way that I'm not going to dream about making music so yeah yeah I mean that's only only expected at that point with um and just like her mama there'll be no flaw on her was was E already in writing at that point or did that kind of spark into that weirdly enough that one was was the dream was about the person um okay and so like I woke up kind of upset with myself of like, I don't want this with this person. This person's gone now. Like I, right. like this, this was like, I think it was a realization of the, the little world and desires that I built up and expectations on this person that just was not, right. wasn't fair to them um, right. that I gave them those expectations. Um, they were never even verbalized. They were never even said to this person, but it was like, this is the little micro universe when you kind of fall in love with someone that you just yeah. want to, see your you want to see you growing old with this person so quick um and so that was a moment of realization i need to slow down i need to <laughs> kind of like like no like i don't know gauge myself in the way that i i allow my emotions to bind or bind to people right um and so i woke up and was like i i loved the concept of this poem but i was kind of upset and standoffish about who it was to um and so that's why i wanted to uh to change the perspective. Whereas like my initial thought of like, just like her mama, there'll be no flaw on her. I was like, okay, why am I complimenting my partner's mom? Like, that's strange. Um, okay. And I realized very quickly that this is to someone that doesn't exist. This is to someone that could yeah. exist because of who I, uh, who I'm with. Um, and yeah. that was a, uh, that was a, that was a translation of an idea that I was initially against. So. That's so interesting. Do you feel like you'll actually like name your daughter like E, or like you'll call her E. Do you think that that's actually a possible reality, or do you feel like it's just a little muse? <laughs> it's all of the names that my partner and I have come up with for kids have a pretty prominent E sound somewhere in the name. Um, that was passive. I think you saying that now is making me realize that that is exactly what is going to happen. Um, so I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I definitely think, I, I definitely think nicknaming kids but also i i i love the idea of them naming themselves in a way um, i want them to choose what we call them i, I love empowering yeah. my uh my kids like that like i grew up with the nickname cade like everyone in my life called oh. me cade except for my mom because she's like okay. that's not your name um and when i moved up to the pacific northwest i realized pretty quickly that like there's a lot of cades in my life that i wasn't really fond of and i wanted to kind of stand out of the crowd um also with a name like cadence like why would i why would i hide that so I think Especially my mom as was an like, artist. Thank God. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, even when I got on, um, this is a tangent, but even when I got on like, my first call with, uh, with some of the people from Atlantic, when they're like, Hey, we have an idea for a project for you. I remember I was, I was speaking with, with Garrett Nash for the first time. Love the guy. Wow. Um, and he was like, Hey, Hey, so what's, what's your name? Like, what's, I was like, 
my name is Cadence Florian. And he's like, are you serious? <laughs> it was so funny because like everyone had thought it was a stage name up until I that thought point. that too. I was like, this is really yeah. creative. No, it's just yeah. your birthright. It's your name. <laughs> it, it is It is my legal name. Um, Shout out to my parents. Super sick last name. Definitely lucked out with that one. Absolutely. But that that was a moment of like, oh, I made the right decision. <laughs> like this is this is cool. Yeah, hundred so, percent. What yeah. was that? What was that like for you? Whenever you got um, like correspondence from Atlantic Records, like I'm just thinking as an artist who has been struggling in his sister's basement, who wants to like go big. Like, how did that feel? Man, I, I woke up first from a with an Instagram DM from okay. from Garrett. Okay. Um, I didn't think it was real. I thought it was a bot. And so I was like, hey, is this real? <laughs> it's the first thing I said. Okay, fair. And, <laughs> but it was funny though, I was only nervous to meet people, but I was never, I never felt like it wasn't supposed to happen. Like, like it wasn't like a dream that was, that I was supposed to wake up from or something like that. Yeah. Um, which is strange. Cause I was, I was, again, like I said, I was very standoffish about like, am I even supposed to do this? Is this like where I'm supposed to be? Am I worthy to be here? Mm. Um, and, um, looking back, knowing that I never felt like I wasn't supposed to be there is kind of a, just a, a great, this time stamp of like, you got better, like you got better. You believed in what you were doing. Yeah. Um, and it, gosh, it was so quick. It was really like from meeting him, um, over DMS and over zoom in like June of 2021 to being signed in March of 2022. Um, Damn. and just being like, and then being, uh, overall is, is this company owned by, by Garrett's, uh, fiance. Wow. Roosevelt Eels. So she owns overall, which is like a, now an artist project, but also is a, uh, is a producer collective. So it's like a group of producers that all kind of like work per project and they get hired on and off. Nice. Um, and so she's like, I want to make artists. I want to instigate this. I want to get like three people that nobody knows and just give them a stupid, crazy opportunity. Um, and I was the first one of those people. I was able to get my first song with them was their first overall recordings release, like as a, as an artist wow. and it was just like it was just so cool and it all happened so stupid fast so I, I don't think it ever really hit me that like oh this is happening it was more like of course this is happening like th this is this is how I got here and I know why I'm here so I'm gonna work my, my little butt off so do you feel more worthy now like in, in terms of like since that has happened and like yeah like I actually have incredible talent and I deserve to be seen in this way as they are seeing me I oh that's to translate what you just said I, I don't <laughs> think I think I'm worthy to be here sure. I I don't think I'm more worthy to be in front of people because of what I've done um I think I have an opportunity okay um, and I'm going to use that opportunity so people can see what I've done I'm very much a uh, I love being an attention hog <laughs> um but but I, I've never for a moment have I thought to myself that like I deserve to be here and you deserve to listen to me um it was it was I, I want you to meet me where I'm at and I'll I'll come to you I want, I want to meet you where you're at. I want to sing in front of you. I want you to hear this cool story that I've written, this cool emotion that I've created. Um, so yeah, it, it, that's, that's, that's a hard thing for me. Cause I, I, I don't like, I grew up with playing keys in front of hundreds of people every single week, um, yeah. for, for worship ministry. And so I'm not afraid of crowds at all. Like I've done a couple of coffee shop gigs in my life and I was so cozy and so comfortable on stage and everyone's like, Oh, you have such a good personality. This is your first show. And I'm like, not not really like this is, this is my life. Um, right. and so I think, I think everyone has an equal chance or an equal deserving ability to be in Agreed. a position in front of people. 
Um, but I, I, I believe that I've been blessed with confidence in my own self to, uh, to not make a mistake or not to not waste that opportunity, which I don't think anyone would. I just think I, I, knowing that I won't like telling myself that I won't make a mistake is, is why I can confidently go up there and say, Hey, this is me. This is what I wrote. I want you to hear it, whether you like it or not. So good for you. It's like humble confidence. I like how you're saying like everyone <laughs> has like equal worthiness, but you also know like you're going to take this opportunity and make the absolute fucking most of it because you deserve to. I love yeah. that. That's I sweet. think everyone, again, everyone has the, the chance is, is per se, the, the chance is definitely luck. I think that's, that's when the manifestation comes back. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been lucky enough to get that chance. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want my chance to step on other people's abilities to speak, regardless if they have a chance or not. Everyone has the equal chance to speak. The chance to be in front of people is, is the difference. So. I hear you. I think it's, it's part of chance and opportunity, but also the hard work that you put in and the dedication and the heart that you put into it, that amplifies that opportunity being a possibility for someone like yourself. I don't know if you would yeah. agree with that. No, I, I definitely agree with that. It, it's hard to not believe in luck in that situation um, because yeah. it really feels like, yeah, it, it, it really feels like a lot of these opportunities have truly just been handed to me. Like I can look back and say, oh, I know this song got me here. This song got me here. This one got someone's attention and now I'm in the position I'm in. Um, but But it's always like, hey, like your music's good. You should try to do this. More like, hey, your music's great here's a record deal sign this here we want you right um and it's <laughs> i don't know if that was good or bad for my confidence because i'm like do i just deserve to be handed things or have i worked um and so that's been a fun little battle that i've had to uh to to that's interesting compartmentalize yeah it's been fun i feel like your discography shows that you've worked for it <laughs> for sure I hope so from my opinion, which my opinion in music is squat, but like I would say you've absolutely worked for it without question. It doesn't just come to you. I feel like if you hadn't put any effort in, like Garrett Nash would not be in your DMs being like, hey, we've got an opportunity for you, you know? It's true. It is true. I don't know. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna no, bargain I, with that. <laughs> for sure. No, I, I agree. Whether I believe you or not is, is That's besides okay. the point. That's okay. You know, <laughs> anchor into that confidence. Um, for sure. Can we expect to have the chance to see you live, maybe performing and so or some of your music anytime this year? Is that a possibility for us? Yeah, no, there's been a couple opportunities that I've had. Um, I'm in Spokane on the east side of Washington. Um, so there's been a couple opportunities with some friends that I've had to do some some bigger venues and things. If okay. I'm being honest, um, I, I, I just feel like I don't have enough music. Like I know that I could definitely rock your socks off for 45 minutes. Um, but it, it's, I almost just want more to work with. And so like okay. with this next EP that I'm working on now, fun fact, um, it's, it's, it's this balance. Like I, 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 once this is done, I know that I need to get out there. I know that I need to, uh, to show you what I'm capable of, Yeah. but I'm, I just feel like I don't have enough. It It's, oh man. I don't know. I, I like having different phases and things, but that being said, I've seen a bajillion artists that have five songs to the name and then just totally blew my mind in a coffee shop. So it's, yeah, I, I don't really know. It could, that could be my excuse for, for just being hesitant to, uh, to get out there, but we'll see. We'll see. Feel the fear and do it, please. <laughs> no, for sure. I, I, I gotta tell you, I've more than li likely, I, I, I want to travel and tour music in Canada so bad. So I, I will let you know when that happens. I promise. 
please, because the city I live in is like a really big music hub. <clears throat> Excuse me. I live in Montreal and there's a lot of festivals mm. and music here. Please let me know when you come to Canada. I will, I will be there. <laughs> sure. I'll be there front row screaming and probably sobbing my eyes out when you're playing Ely Ely. <laughs> Just Absolutely. fair warning. <laughs> no, I was in I was in Banff um, in January uh, with my okay. partner just for a little getaway vacation. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so funny. So we were in this little town called Canmore, which is uh, pretty close to Calgary, I think. Yeah, um, a little ski town. And, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Super cute place. Uh, we were getting some uh, some ramen at this this cute little mom pa shop, and the place next door was having like an open mic night that night. And Stop. um, everything in me was like, just go. Like I don't have yeah. an instrument to my name. Just grab your laptop, figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I didn't do it. And I, I think to myself, oh, that would have been the most amazing experience. Just, yeah. Just, just do it. And there would have been at least one person who would have recognized you too and been like, holy crap, Kate, it's Flores in our coffee shop singing right now. What the heck <laughs> yeah. is going on? Exactly. Oh. Take yeah, those leaps. them that day. Seriously. <laughs> Come on. Do it for your fans, please. <laughs> for um, sure. The EP you're working on. Is that, does that have anything to do with some of the plant music, you the little plant music challenge you were doing at the beginning of the year? Are we going to hear any of that? Because that was genuinely, those were really interesting and cool. I liked a lot of those. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. So the, the plant song thing, um, I still have full intentions to get back into it. Um, Just this last couple of weeks has been a little chaotic for me. So I don't want to, I don't need something to stress myself out. I, I realized no. pretty quickly, I don't really have to do anything that I don't inherently want to do. Yep. Um, and I love the songs. I love the interactions with people and I just don't have the time for it right now. So I'm going to get back to it soon, but Fair. yes, yes. A lot of those plant songs are, are going to be some, somehow in, in the next EP. Oh, amazing. And can we expect that EP this calendar year, next year? What's your perspective? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I can't give you a window, but I know for sure it's going to be this year. Um, oh, Love that. If it's not, then that's something went wrong. Something went severe. Okay. <laughs> okay. Noted. <laughs> well, I'm so excited um, to hear that and to, to, to get to experience that whenever it's ready for our ears. Um, one final question that I have for you that I ask all of my guests when they come on the podcast is um, what's one belief that you had to let go of to get to where you are today? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, man. <laughs> making you think a thousand thoughts no for sure <laughs> these are the these are the thoughts that i want i want to have i get it um i i've lived a life i've lived many lives um always wanting to be the smartest person in the room mm. and i think i think the only time that i ever like realized that i was wrong when i let myself be wrong i think being wrong and learning ultimately has been the saving grace than being the person that knows the most. Um, mm. I I think, yeah, just, just not being afraid to be wrong has been the most challenging and healing and healthy decision I've ever made in my life. And that I was letting that. go of, let it, letting go of not knowledge, but letting go of my pride in that way. Yeah. To allow someone to teach me, if that makes any sense. I love that for you. That's like, it takes, you gotta, it takes a minute there to like put the pride aside and be like, ah, okay. Like maybe, maybe someone can, can impart some wisdom onto me about mm -hmm. many different areas of life. There's a, <laughs> there's a quote that I really like, and it's um, always the student, never the master. 
It's kind of like mm-hmm. this like spiritual, like Buddhist quote of basically like you're always learning something new from someone, even people who are maybe not in places of life that you want to be, they have something to teach us. So mm-hmm. I love that. Amazing. Is there yeah. anything that you want to plug, promo, share with anyone as we wrap up here? Yeah, sure. Uh, at Cadence Floria on all social medias. Um, I promise I exist. I don't post often, but I, I want to. I no, I, I I'm I'm so stoked to show people and to leak new things this next year. Um, but I, I want to make sure that it's it's right and it's ready. So be patient with me. I promise. I want to hear from you. I will text you, DM me like like you said earlier. Um, and Absolutely. yeah, I'll have I'll have something special for you to cry over in the next season for sure. So freaking excited about that. Rip my heart out, please. <laughs> I'm on it. Don't even worry about it. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Cadence. It's been so lovely having you. Thank you for having me. This has been an absolute blast. Seriously. My absolute pleasure. Thank you.